My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. So I was going yep. to the gym less, and I got more results. And yeah, people were going, man, you're a beast now. What happened to you? It, again, this is work smarter or harder. That's why I really appreciate what you've done. You've really researched, you simplify the sciences, and you said, Jim, this is what you have to do and why. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity, ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. All right, so if you value your health and you want some cool tools to help you avoid serious problems later on in life, then you should check out DNA testing. There's a company called the DNA Company. They take your genes, they scan it using 4.7 trillion data points. They then generate a report that tells you exactly what health risks you have based on your unique genes, but it doesn't stop there. The DNA Company test then tells you what your health risks are, how to lower your risk, and what diet is right for your genes, what supplements to take, if you need to change environments to avoid toxins. So you can find out all sorts of things, whether you have a risk of arterial inflammation, if you should be taking a methylation supplement, if you have suboptimal fat metabolizing, which would mean like you would, would avoid like a keto diet. Some people actually do need to do that. So this report covers recommendations for reducing your risk for over 100 different health conditions, breast cancer, Lyme, Alzheimer's, seizures, dementia, dozens more. And if you value your health and you want all the tools you need to take care of your health for life, then you can get this DNA test and uh, I'm going to give you a 50% discount. Go to thednacompany.com slash Ben, and this code is going to expire. I, I don't recall how long they're giving it to us, but it is a, a, a temporary code. So I'll get on it today. Thednacompany.com slash Ben to get your kit today. Thednacompany.com slash Ben. That's not manufactured scarcity. They told me they did have a limited number of codes. So uh, you snooze, you lose. Enjoy it, though, if you can get it. Thednacompany.com slash Ben. All right, so this is pretty cool. Free bacon. That's right, free bacon. Bacon goes well with everything. Asparagus, Brussels sprouts, eggs. My wife makes bacon-wrapped dates. You could wrap anything in bacon, and it tastes pretty decent, actually. You could probably even take, you know, my least favorite foods, like, I don't know, broccoli, and wrap it in bacon. You could even put bacon in ice cream. I've been to ice cream shops that actually do that, like uh, savory sweet bacon recipes. Anyways, what I'm getting at is that bacon's amazing, and I want to give you free bacon, gift you free bacon. This company that I order meat through, it's called Butcher Box. They got 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, a whole lot more. Well, now they're just generously tossing a pack of bacon for free in every box. Not just bacon, but like bacon from pastured pigs that actually tastes drippingly, mouthwateringly, if I can throw any other adverbs in there. Absolutely amazing. It's 20 bucks off already with the code I'm going to give you for your first five months of membership, but now they're adding free bacon for life and up to $100 off. Free shipping in the continental U.S. No added antibiotics or Hormones, you can customize the boxes how you want based on whether you're a surf person or a turf person or a surf and turf person. All their sourcing is holistic to keep the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. And you get in at butcherbox.com slash Ben. That's butcherbox.com slash Ben. Enjoy that free bacon. 
Well, folks, I have a couple of dear friends who I've been helping with their their fitness, their health, their longevity, their nutrition. They are the father and mother of many children, too many to count. I've lost track, I think six. And they run a company called 18 Summers based on the idea that we all have 18 summers to have with our children and we might as well make the most out of those summers. And uh, you, you can learn more about them in the links that I'll put in the show notes, which are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash 18 summers. Number one, the number eight summers. Uh, their names are Jim and Jamie Shields. And gosh, we've just been like biohacking them and upgrading them and working on all these different tactics to improve them for so long that we figured, hey, let's hop on the horn and talk about how a successful entrepreneurial father and mother of multiple children can stay fit and sexy for life. And that's exactly what we talk about in today's show. So again, all the show notes are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash 18summers. Enjoy. All right. 18 Summers Tribe. We're here today with Ben Greenfield. Now, so often we're told that family is boring, unattractive. You have to grow old together, right? You never get to have hot sex again. You have to uh-huh. drink wine to tolerate your children. And, <laughs> you know, there, there's so many stigmas that go along with growing old together. And at 18 Summers, you know, Jim and I are really passionate about doing things differently. And two years ago, we started training with Ben here, who has completely turned us into sexy beasts and we're so grateful that's right that now, now you only now you only need two <laughs> glasses two glasses of wine to tolerate your children and eventually you know? get you down to one then just a yeah. shot of vodka then you'll be good to go we're yeah, on our we way. don't even i don't even drink anymore it's been about eight months that's since true. i've had a glass of wine yeah oh, oh my wow. gosh i you know i i didn't even tell you guys this yet because it's been a little while since we last chatted but like you know i, I used to have a glass of like nice organic, you know, biodynamic mm-hmm. wine every night. And even yeah. that I'm, d- I'm down to about two nights a week because there's this new, uh, alcohol alternative that just came out a few months ago. It's basically these ketones that they package up in cans as like a gin and tonic or a Moscow mule, oh, uh, wow. but, really? but, and, and they taste just like the real thing, but rather than using alcohol or ethanol specifically, they use ketones. So it shifts your body into this rapid state where it crushes appetite cravings and puts you into ketosis and then gives you the same kind of socially lubricating effects of alcohol without drink. I'm, I'm, I'm going to interview them on my podcast soon because I've been just putting those over a, you know, over some ice with a squeeze of lime or some electrolytes at night. And I get the same feeling as I would have had a glass of wine, but it's just ketones. I love it. See, Ben, this is why I love our conversations because, and we're going to talk about some of our results in a minute that we've gotten all, you are such a research fiend that I just, I'm just like, well, let me check with Ben on something. And then you always add something that gives a little bit of course correction. And like Jamie said, naturally, we were never big drinkers, but honestly, as we feel better, we as drink we feel less. better, we're drinking even less red wine. Yeah. We still enjoy a glass, but, but that's, that's just one of the success results we've had. Um, and Jamie was already listing some of the other phenomenal ones, but I really want to know, you and I have known each other for over a decade. We've, we've had a lot of time together at different events family time. I want to know, because one reason is selfish. You don't even know this, but our, our 16 year old is very, very like enthused about what you do and how you do it. Fitness and, and, and training fitness and peak performance. Yeah. Like what, what put you on the path, Ben? Cause I don't think we ever really talked about the, the way back when Ben of what got you on this path of boundless. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like I wasn't that interested in, in fitness or sports or the human body or anything like that. Like, I think you guys know I, I was homeschooled K through 12, you know, and uh, not that all homeschoolers are like this, but you know, I was kind of like a stereotypical geek, you know, like I, I was president of the chess club and I played the violin, you know, since I was like four years old and you know, I, I, I spend most of my time with my nose in a fantasy fiction book or like, you know, I'd go to the symphony on the weekends, you know, like, like that was my concert was I go listen to the orchestra and I was pretty, pretty geeked out. And I was also super into, um, computers and computer programming. My parents, when I was really young, like hired me a private tutor for computer programming. And I could like take apart all my computers and put them back together and program video games. And I kind of had this internship and practicum worked up with a former Microsoft programmer. And I was just going to like move in with him when I was 15, 16 and, you know, start down the road of being a, being a nerdy little computer programmer, you know, with a, oh. no offense to computer programmers, but you know, <laughs> like a little, nice little neck beard in my mom's basement or something like that. And, you know, maybe play Dungeon and Dragons on the weekend. And, uh, and then what happened was, you know, my, my parents, they wanted to make our house a really fun place to be, which I think is super smart. Like I, that's one thing I learned from my parents is like, make your home so fun that your kids just want to like hang out and bring their friends over and keep coming back year after year for family reunions and holidays. Cause it's like your home's just like the fun pad. And that was my parents' goal. So, you know, they, they built like a, a swimming pool with a slide and they built a basketball court and, and like a, a, a skeet shooting course with shotguns and, you know, ping pong table and all sorts of stuff. But then they built a tennis court. And, and they had me and my friends have a tennis instructor who they brought up and teach us tennis a few times a week. And well, first of all, she was pretty hot. So I kind of had a crush on the tennis instructor and yeah. So, so that, that kind of made me want to get good at the sport. Her name was Michelle. I remember her. And then also like, I was kind of good at it. Like, it seemed like I was just like naturally just a little bit better than the other kids in the class. And up till that point, I, I dabbled in like soccer and basketball and T-ball and baseball. You know, my parents were just kind of, you know, throw the noodles against the wall and see what sticks in terms of interest. But man, tennis, just, I was on fire for tennis. And I started playing, I mean, literally like two to three hours every afternoon. I'd finish school and just like go out to the tennis course, call my friends, find out who wanted to play tennis. As a result of that and wanting to get really good at tennis, I started also kind of like, looking into, into fitness, like, Oh gosh, I could do like hill sprints back behind the house. And I remember I had my dad bring me down to Gart sports, you know, a few miles down the road and bought me some 10 pound dumbbells. And I had no clue what to do with them, but I'd lay on the edge of the bed and do, that was my first exercise ever. I laid on my stomach on the bed and did like preacher curls off the bed. Cause it seemed like I should get my arms strong for tennis. So I was just kind of making stuff up as I went. I, uh, I saw an as seen on TV ab trainer device and then I got that too, because I knew the core was important for tennis. And so I was basically doing like some, some DIY weightlifting and running a little bit and kind of started to pay attention to what I was eating too. Like I didn't know jack squat about nutrition, but you know, I was like, oh geez, protein's supposed to be good. So I'm going to start having eggs for breakfast instead of sugary cereal. And gosh, I should probably have some broccoli with dinner, even though I hate it, you know, just super simple stuff. And yeah. um, gosh, I got so into just like nutrition and fitness and physical culture and I, I wound up meeting a couple of mentors, one guy who was the Washington State powerlifting champ. And then my little brother's best friend's dad was a bodybuilder. And I started hanging out with these guys. They taught me a ton about, you know, how to load up barbells and Olympic training and weightlifting and nutrition and supplementation. And by the time I was 16 years old, 
I was like, yeah, I actually want to study this stuff at a university level. Like I want to go study kinesiology and exercise science and, and sports and, and personal training. So at 16 years old, I, I, uh, I actually walked onto the local university tennis team and uh, wow. started playing tennis and, no and studying and, and then like whole new world. Right. So, so my dad, he, he was a, he was a paramedic and he'd bring me around to like the emergency medical conferences. And I'd go and visit him at the office and his EMTs would chase me around trying to stick me with IVs. And, you know, I learned all, all sorts of <laughs> medical terminology. My first job when I was 13 years old was filing medical insurance claims at like 4 a.m. I wake up at 4 a.m. and just file medical insurance claims for like two hours because my mom put me in this, uh, Mavis Beacon uh, typewriter competition. I got really, really fast at typing. And, and by the time I was 13, I was faster than any of their secretaries at the medical office. So they had me filing all these medical insurance claims. And so when I was in college, I was real familiar with a lot of the medical stuff. And I didn't realize this going into college. But you know, shortly after I was in, you know, I realized, oh, geez, you don't just study sports and exercise when you're wanting to study you know, sports science and exercise science. Like It's anatomy and physiology and microbiology, and biochemistry, and organic chemistry, and physics. And I'd never been that interested in science or math up till that point. But now that I had a purpose behind it, and I was like, oh, gosh, if I, if I know, the, know the moment arm and can, you know, digitize the joints on a bench press, I can figure out, you know, the, the force loads of like a dumbbell bench press versus a barbell bench press. I was just super geeked out on this stuff. So I was very, I was so very intellectually driven, probably as a result of being homeschooled. And so, um, I decided I want to be a doctor, right? I, 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 I thought, well, gosh, what's, what's the, the pointy, pointy edge of all this stuff I'm doing? It'd be like orthopedic surgery or sports medicine. And so I took the medical route. I took the MCAT. I got accepted to, to six different medical schools. And, you know, since I started college when I was 16, actually, actually I was about not quite 16, 15 and a half. You were, I, um, wait, you were 15 and a half when you started college. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and so I, uh, I, you know, at, at 19 and a half years old, I had, you know, passed the MCATs. I was interviewing at medical schools and I was accepted to a bunch, but there was, there was two programs I wanted to get into the, uh, the UPenn and the Harvard MD PhD programs. I didn't get accepted into those. You know, it's kind of an uphill battle. I, I realize this isn't super PC to say, but, you know, as a young white male, uh, it was, it, it was a little bit more of an uphill battle getting into get into medical school or at least a high, high end medical program like that. So I thought, well, gosh, you know what? I want to go work in the private sector and make myself even more palatable to these two institutions that I really want to get into. So I got offered a job in hip and knee surgical sales from a company called Biomet. And I thought, great, I'll go shadow physicians, work in hospitals, pick up all the lingo, you know, get a few doctors to write reference letters for me. And, and then you know, move on and go into sports medicine, orthopedic surgery at one of these programs that I really wanted to get into. And I got that job. I actually, I, I, I had just gotten married, but I moved uh, like an hour and a half away from my wife and slept on my older brother's floor of his trailer working at this, this medical facility. And oh my gosh, I hated every minute of it. I hated every minute at the hospital. All the doctors were grumpy and seemed to hate their jobs. Oh. All of them told me I'd be dumb to go to medical school because they'd spend half their time just, you know, filing insurance claims and dealing with lawsuits and, and you know, grumpy patients. And they were installing, you know, overpriced $40,000, $60,000 hips and knees into people who probably would have benefited more from being told to exercise and eat healthy. And, you know, just the whole thing left a nasty taste in my mouth. I quit that job after about six months. I walked into the, uh, the gym across the street 
from the place where I was staying and I slapped my resume down on the counter. And at that point, I mean, like I was pre-med. I had a personal training certification. I worked as a personal trainer and nutritionist all through college. You know, I, I was a certified strength conditioning coach. I had hundreds of hours spent with the football team and the basketball team and the tennis team at, at University of Idaho. Like I was kind of like a, a dream hire for any gym. So I got the job right away and started managing the Liberty Lake Athletic Club. And, you know, I was a spin instructor, the personal trainer, wound up actually being pretty successful. This is a pretty wealthy part of town. And, uh, you know, within about a year, I was pulling in six plus figures as a personal trainer and managing this athletic club. Then I met a doctor whose wife was working with me as one of my clients as a personal trainer. And uh, this doctor, Dr. PZ Pierce, he was a doctor for Ironman and the doctor for rock and roll marathon. And I was, I was into Ironman triathlon at the time. And he shared with me his dream of creating a one-stop shop for sports medicine, where you you go to this place and you have like your high-speed video cameras for gait analysis and your, your blood and biomarker testing tools and, you know, calorimetry tools for determining metabolic rate, chiropractor and a physical therapist and massage therapist and a sports medicine doc, you know, personal trainer, nutrition programming. And, uh, he asked me if I wanted to go in on it with him. And so, uh, so I did. And he and I launched that. It was called Champion Sports Medicine down by Gonzaga University in Spokane. And I was the director of sports performance there for about four years. And all I did was just train athletes, uh, you know, video record people, do blood and biomarker testing, do nutritional analysis. And I was just, I was pretty much just like the most geeked out personal trainer in town, right? I, uh, I, I I was still super intellectual and and really into like all the cutting edge stuff, like the early day biohacks. And we were doing like platelet rich plasma injections into joints and all sorts of cutting edge stuff. And it was great working with the doctor too, because I learned a ton. Then what wound up happening because we worked so closely with the local medical community and they would refer a lot of patients to us for training was several of the docs in the local medical community in Spokane. They nominated me as America's top personal trainer through the national strength conditioning association. And I, I received the award. So I flew down to Vegas and was part of this big, you know, gala and an event where they gave me this award. And then all of a sudden, people started asking me to speak and write books and, and do a lot of like public facing stuff that went way above and beyond just the time in the gym that I'd been spending. And so at that point, I kind of got thrust in the limelight. I started getting featured in magazines. And I was writing for, you know, men's health and the women's health and, you know, all these fitness yep. magazines and triathlon magazines. I started writing books. I started a podcast back when I think it was about 15 years ago. Now there may have, there was maybe wow. 50 podcasts max when I started a podcast. This is back when you had to code your own RSS feed. And it was just me sitting there in my gym t-shirt on, you know, telling people about research studies and exercise science. And then wow. eventually I started to interview people, continue to write books, continue to write online programs and, and kind of, uh, you know, when my wife became pregnant with twin boys 14 years ago, that was when the light bulb moment went off for me. And I was like, dude, I can't do all this. Cause I was like, I was on a plane two or three times a week, speaking at conferences. I was racing professionally in triathlon. I was, uh, you know, I was running two different gyms cause I opened up another gym in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I was, you know, I was working, gosh, you know, 16 hour days, a lot of days. And wow. I knew there was no way I was going to be able to be a family man and keep that up. So I sold all my gyms, moved all my clients onto other trainers got out of the fitness industry in terms of the brick and mortar aspects of it and began doing a lot more of what I do now, writing books, doing a podcast, you know, working with some people online, but, but working out of a home office instead of a gym, 
having a lot more time to spend at home because we homeschool our sons. And so, yeah, you know, I'm still in the fitness and nutrition and health industry, but now, you know, a lot more media, a lot more investing, a lot more like online consulting and advising, which I know, as you guys know, I've done with you guys. That's kind of where, where the journey has brought me so far. That's incredible. That's so interesting. And, you know, something that you said really spoke to me and, and it, it all ties back to homeschooling and that's you studied what was relevant to you. So you got super passionate. Like you said, you were nerdy because it, it fed the next thing you, you wanted to do. You were genuinely curious about it. And so much of traditional school doesn't fan that fire. It really extinguishes it. So I love. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of homeschooling or unschooling is experiential based education. This Mm -hmm. idea that rather than being forced to learn at the same pace as the rest of the classroom with the same subjects that the state or the federal government has determined you should study, you're instead free to pursue your own passions and interests and desires, uh, preferably in the creative free play and experiential environment. And yeah, there's there's certainly something to ensuring that in any child's education, they receive robust exposure to some of the things that I think are necessary for success in life, namely math, logic, rhetoric, reading, and writing. Like those are the big five. But gosh, as long as my kids have checked those boxes, like sure, Washington State, where we live, requires demonstration of proficiency in 12 key areas, you know, social studies, science, reading, math, et cetera. And we keep records. Like if my kids, you know, study up on Japanese cuisine and make an amazing meal in the kitchen for mom and I, that counts as chemistry. It counts as math. It counts as social studies. It counts as language. So we're pretty creative with, with, uh, (laughs) with jumping through the hoops, but ultimately it's a great way for a kid to grow up. It's a great way for a kid to learn. And I'm super grateful to my parents for deciding to not take the standard educational route, even though there were many times growing up where I was super embarrassed about being homeschooled. I was the odd man out. And, sure. you know, and I felt like, you know, gosh, I don't know how to talk to girls as good as some of these other guys. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not down in the classroom, you know, playing the politics game because I lived in Idaho. So I could still play for the public school sports teams. And, you know, I'd, I'd show up to play sports and I kind of felt like I was, you know, like the misfit. And, so there, yeah, there were times where I was like, gosh, I wish I could just go to a regular school and be a regular kid. But then, you know, the outcome of, of being able to be a little bit more of an independent, creative, free thinker, I think, served me well and serves a lot of kids well, you know, versus just kind of being raised to be uh, to be a sheeple, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know our boys had that where they at first and now they're they're grateful and they're still 16 and 18. So their gratitude has come early. And they, they also see the sensibility where. I think there was something that I know Jamie and I talk about, you know, obviously all three of us on the phone are very alternative in our approach with our own education and our kids, but something I think you hit on there, Ben, as you said, experiential, the old Ben Franklin method of, of being an an intern for lack of a better term, you know, his whole thing for, for, for Ben Franklin was to get into it and see if you liked it, you know, and you went into the doctorhood and I mean, into the doctor community, actually into the trenches. And you're like, God, this is miserable. So many yeah. people will not do that one thing. And they'll just go through the whole doctor quest after 12 years. And then they'll try and go, God, this sucks. I had my best friend almost became a lawyer. And before he went to law school, he interned for a summer. And everyone, it's so funny. The story you just said, all the doctors, what they said to you is what the lawyer said to him. Like, are you kidding? You want to go into corporate law? This is awful. Don't do it. And now he's building skyscrapers in New York City. And he was always a a Bob the Builder type. So two different worlds. Yeah, it's a really good point. And and I mean, you know, I I realized that that 
this kind of flies in the face of the great American dream, boo who you want to be, carve your own path. But traditionally, like a kid would go like hang out with their dad or mom at their dad or mom's career. Like the, you know, the child of the blacksmith, the son of the blacksmith would go hang out with his dad and learn how to be a really good blacksmither. And, you know, the family's generational legacy yeah. was a legacy of blacksmithers or, or artists or, you know, or, or horseshoers or whatever the case may be. And yeah, now we live in an era where it is a little bit easier to kind of be who you want to be and carve your own path. But I don't think that we should leave behind the value of a child having early career exposure, especially early career exposure to what their parent is doing. Like my, my wife, Jessa, she's an amazing artist. And, and I'm, you know, I'm an author and a podcaster. And what are three things that, that, my, that my kids do? Well, my wife's an amazing cook too, by the way. So my, my kids have a cooking podcast. Oh, they write books and they write books and graphic novels. Um, they're amazing artists. And they spend half their time just doing what they see mom and dad do, which brings us together as a family. And I like I'm I'm not, you know, embarrassed that, you know, my kids might go down the same path as I do and probably be a lot better at doing what I do because they learn so much from me and my mistakes. I think that that, you know, passing on generational careers, it has a lot has a lot of value and it offers a great way for kids to hang out with their parents. Yeah. yeah. Apprenticeship are- model. That was what it was. Oh, yeah. Apprenticeship yeah. model. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. And what I love too, and that's what, what we've seen in our own life with our own children is you referenced that you reached something you were interested and passionate about sooner than most do. You know, you graduated early, you, you were taking the, the MCAT sooner than anybody else in your class, certainly. And we've seen that with our own homeschooled children, you know, and, and our kids are just like you're saying, super, whatever they're passionate about, they go out and do it. So he, one of our boys might be fishing five hours out of the day instead of learning you know, history, he learns history, but it doesn't take him five hours every day. And so like you're saying, it was just really cool to see now at 18, he's accomplished something that most people don't get to accomplish until they're much older, just as yourself. And so just another plug for homeschooling, as you say, like doing life is homeschooling. Yeah. Yep. Practical affairs of life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ed- education should first and foremost be life. Yeah. I want to talk, Ben, I want to make sure I know we could talk for four hours on alternative education <laughs> and we have before. I want to give some credit to results, you know, and 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 because I think it's important for your people to hear, our people to hear. You know, I, I, I really don't think the dad bod or the old dad is something people aspire to. I think it's something they give up to. Oh, yeah. I remember um, dad bod was in style. Dad bod was in style. And Mom bod was never in style. Never in style. <laughs> yeah. Either one, I wasn't, it wasn't optimal. It wasn't, it wasn't healthy, full life, right? But you know, yeah, I'm, but but it but it fit in because you know it was a trend to be culturally acceptable to be unfit. It's just the way things are. You see, you, know, you become was. a dad or a mom, and you're supposed to be unfit. And really, your grandkids, it just it made no sense to me. And that was a yeah. big motivation for me. Like I've told you, I want to surf with my kids and my grandkids beyond my years. I'm 48 now. I have one kidney because I donated one to my dad. Our youngest, who we just adopted, is only four months old. So I had to do some some real awareness. I had to be very intentional. And so when you and I, we'd known each other for years to start working two years ago. I mean, that's what happened. And I think there's a cool story. I haven't even told you yet, but a year into our training, um, we went down to do service work in Guatemala. Our friends run an orphanage down there. And we went down to do that. And we got invited to to play in a a charity soccer game with a bunch of 17-year-old Guatemalan athletes. Oh, (laughs) And I hadn't played soccer in years, but I played football and lacrosse. Soccer was not my sport since a little kid, but I loved it. And my two boys were there, right? They were about a little older than your boys at the time. And I was a beast. 
I was I, I was sprinting around like a kid, loving it. From I was like, from, who is this man? From like, like side I... to side, like corner to corner, and uh, it, it was a glimpse. Like there was, I'm sorry, there was a boost of enjoyment and excitement and pride because my sons and my daughter saw this this glimpse of this competitive athlete I used to be back in college that I thought was long gone. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I got to tell Ben this story someday because there's things that we did with rebuilding my knees, balancing my hormones, fine tuning my diet, you know, and out of that came a, a way more bountiful sex life with Jamie and I. So I just want to make sure I told you that story because I know that would make you feel good. And it's, Oh, it absolutely does. And, and it rings true. I mean, you know, we play family tennis a couple of times a week and I just love it when I, you know, I, I can, I can, you know, the, uh, a couple of days ago, I reached up and, you know, slapped down a backhand overhead. And my son, who was on my team, my other son was on mom's team. He's like, dad, that was so cool. <laughs> and it's, it's awesome to still be able to inspire your kids athletically. You know, I'm, I'm 40. It's not like I'm a super old dog, but you know, it's, I, I really think that we settle for a lot less than we should when it comes to the way that the body should look, feel, and perform as we age. And, and, you know, I, I, I imagine you could probably share about some of the stuff I had you doing, Jim, but it's not like you were spending three hours a day at the gym. No, I mean, no, in fact, you, know, you were doing super first, slow training and yeah, yeah, you can super, go ahead. Super slow. No, I mean, to point, point that out, people are like, oh yeah, sure. Well, you, you must've taken half, half, half a year to do that. No. Or people fact, say all said, the time, oh, it must be nice to be able to work out all the time. I'm like, I don't work out. The, all the first, time. the first year, Ben, I, I rebuilt back to what you said. I did super slow sets for, which were about a half hour, three times a week. So I was going yep. to the gym less and I got more results and yeah, people were going, man, you're a beast now. What happened to you? You're, you're, in, and so I think it's it, again, this is work smarter or harder. You know, there's, there's a f- effectiveness, and that's you. That's why I really appreciate what you've done. You've really researched, you simplify the sciences, and you said, Jim, this is what you have to do and why. And you said, Jim, this is the stem cells for your knees, knees, and this is why. And put PRP, and this is why. Here's why you have to start doing the key on flex. This is going to help the joints. And it did. Here's for sex life. Hey, let's make sure that your testosterone's good. No, it's not. Okay, here's the treatments for testosterone to make sure we're staying balanced. I mean, all these things work together and you and you made it all very easy to follow. Well, you might often hear that the average adult should get seven to nine hours of sleep every night. That's not always possible, obviously. More and more people are forced to make lifestyle decisions to get more deep sleep. And research has shown that quality matters just as much as quantity. Even if you can't stay in bed as long, the quality of that sleep really, truly matters. Now, deep sleep, the first half of the night is that deep sleep window. And that's when things start to drop. Your heart rate, your breath, your blood pressure, your muscle activity, your body temperature. Since that temp drop is such a crucial aspect of the deep sleep stage, finding ways to activate that sleep switch can help to increase your levels of deep sleep. And that's where this stuff called Chili Sleep comes in. So Chili Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. It's hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to give you your ideal sleep temperature. I love this, especially if I've had a big meal the night before I go to sleep because it just dumps my body temperature way down. I don't wake up with the meat sweats or anything, but when I travel, I really, really miss it. I kind of get pissed when I travel. I don't have my whole bed with me because this chilly sleep stuff just keeps me in action. gives me amazing deep sleep percentages. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep. And you can adjust it for hot too. Like whether you sleep hot or cold, they work. They'll be fall asleep. They'll be stay asleep. Maybe the confidence and the energy to power through your day. Just imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chilly sleep can help make that happen. You get to get uh, up 
to 30% off the purchase of any of their new sleep systems at chillysleep.com slash Ben Greenfield. That's available exclusively for my listeners. C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash Ben Greenfield. You know, I'm honestly shocked every time I see a bodybuilder or a fitness influencer or anyone really promoting branch chain amino acids, also known as BCAAs. You see these things all over the place. I just don't get it. They only have three of the nine essential amino acids your body needs. They can cause issues like messing with your serotonin levels and depleting your B vitamins. They affect your blood sugar deleteriously and a whole lot more. But, you know, the dark and dirty secret in the supplements industry is that you can make a lot of money off of the overpriced flavored water that is essentially BCAAs. So I use the word essentially, I suppose, quite fittingly, because the alternative are essential amino acids. Essential amino acids actually have all the amino acids your body actually need. They are great for energy, great for preserving muscle, great for fasting and keeping the appetite satiated, great for for nourishing the body for sleep, good for cognitive performance. They're like the Swiss army knife of supplements, these essential amino acids. I'm blown away by the number of people who have heard me talk about essential amino acids on the podcast who have started using them and who literally feel like they're on steroids without actually being on steroids. Keon is the company that has the perfect ratios perfectly primed for recovery, for muscle maintenance, for muscle building. Keon aminos are better than not only every branch chain amino acid supplement out there, but because they're essential amino acids, in my opinion, based on the ratios, the flavor, watermelon, mango, berry, lime, so good, uh, better than any aminos out there, period. And I'm going to give you a 20% discount for the Keon Aminos. Go to getkeon.com slash Ben Greenfield. That's getkeon.com slash Ben Greenfield. And I'll give you a special discount on your first time purchase of Keon Aminos. Look, I realize that sometimes you wake up in the morning and hear all this stuff, all the biohacking and the workouts and the BFR bands and the super slow training and this smoothie and that smoothie and keto diet and Mediterranean diet. It's a real head scratcher to actually know which one you're supposed to do, what's right for you, what kind of tests you're supposed to get to figure out which one is right for you, how you're supposed to track your blood and your urine and your stool and your hormones and your heart rate variability and your sleep. You know, it would be nice if you could just wake up in the morning and at one glance look at your phone or look at your computer or look at your printed out sheet and know exactly what you were supposed to do. All right, which biohacks to use, which supplements to take, what diet to follow, what meals to include throughout your day, how to work out, how to not work out, what recovery protocols are going to be best for you and your body type. That is exactly what I train people coaches, personal trainers, physicians, chiropractic docs, nutritionists, registered dietitians to do with you. We have a kick butt coaching team at bengreenfieldcoaching.com. A lot of people want to work with me. I realize I'm not available a lot of the time. And admittedly, I also realize like I'm, I'm a spendy coach, right? I work with highfalutin, high level VIP executives, and they pay a lot of money for me to work with them. But I've also trained a whole team of coaches who work under me, who have office hours with me, who are totally accessible. We have different levels for everybody. We have VIP coaching programs where you wake up and everything's done for you. Training, nutrition, we track your HRV, we track your sleep. You got unlimited Q&A to your coach, all the way down to just unlimited Q&A, all the way down to writing training and nutrition plans for you and then letting you run with them. The sky's the limit in terms of the options at bengreenfieldcoaching.com. But I can tell you one thing, no matter what your goals are, We've got somebody who can help you with them and decode and take all the confusion and the frustration out of 
having a good health span, having a lifespan, looking good, feeling good, performing well. Let's check it out. BenGreenfieldCoaching.com. And you'll be able to find a coach who can work with you. If you can't find the right coach you want, you can't find the right solution you want, you don't need to coach you, like anything like that, and you're having trouble finding the right place to go, just fill out the contact form over there. Somebody will help you within about 24 hours. So BenGreenfieldCoaching.com. Yeah, that's the trick. Is it, you know, even everything you just described, it sounds complex, right? And, and for you, we had to look at your, we had to look at your blood. We had to do a micronutrient analysis. We had to do a salivary and urine hormone analysis. We looked at the gut. We looked at the, uh, the, the food allergy panel. We, you know, and then from there, you customize the nutrition. You customize the supplementation. You customize the exercise scenario based on you know, joint limitations and a lot of the stuff that tends to kind of hold you back with age, but that you can work around. And you know, it, it just takes a very systematic approach. So yeah, you were doing the super slow training, but I didn't want to neglect your fast twitch muscles. So you were doing some, some explosive finishers at the end of each set of the super slows. Very, actually, that's exactly how I was training this morning. You know, I love being able to get in and out of the gym 15, 20 minutes for the strength mm-hmm. training. Um, you know, you were doing uh, some mitochondrial work, some lactic acid work, some VO2 yep. max work, some, some slow fat burning work. But I, when I, when I sit down and look at somebody's body, you know, I realize we're, we're unique, special, sacred souls that go far beyond just flesh and blood. But I do look at the body as a little bit of a machine when it comes to, okay, which parts of the engine do we actually want to address? Which part of the engine seems to be failing? What needs to be filled up here in the gas, here in the oil, et cetera. And it just takes testing. Once you get all the test results in, you know, then it's just a matter of, you know, fixing things one by one by one. And I mean, you, I mean, you know what it feels like, Jim, you just described, like once you get all that done, it's way different than just like reading men's health magazine and eating lean chicken breasts and doing bicep curls. Right. Cause <laughs> as you, as you know, we're, we're also focused on infrared and sunlight exposure, yep. grounding, earthing your, your, you know, the, the style of water you were drinking, the mineral intake, you know, the heat, the cold, like there's, there's so many variables that go way beyond just like, you know, eat healthy and move. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to share with you, Ben, because I know most of the time you're speaking with just Jim or I'm just a fly on the wall listening and taking notes. And, but years ago, when we had been together a couple of years, we had, maybe we had three children, a fourth on the way somewhere, you know, you hit a little space and my sex drive was high and Jim's wasn't. And I think this is an important story to tell because I think a lot of Families, a lot of couples are matched, you know, that one is higher than the other. And there were lots of nights that I felt insecure or sad, or I would reach out to Jim and I would say, gosh, do you not find me attractive? And then he'd be like, well, of course I find you attractive. I just don't need sex as often as you, you know, like this whole conversation around, you know, sex and us being on the different page. And I, and I always took it very personally. And it was a little bit of a rub in our relationship for a period of time. And once we started training with you and working with you and you introduced Jim to the idea of testosterone therapy and some other, just probably the entire picture of working with him, I can't keep this man off of me for your, like, he's he's not just met my drive. He's exceeded my drive. And now I'm being asked to slow down. I I know in the morning, if I have to be like, Hey, I need a day off. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. a minute. Just a minute. I, I know. I know. I've been there. But that that's important too, because like, you know, even with something like testosterone therapy, it, it's not a fit for everybody. You no. know, when I when I looked at Jim and then saw he had his other variables dialed in and 
you know, there are certain things to look at, creatine, zinc, minerals, DHEA, the style of weight training, you know, sunlight exposures, all sorts of things that can affect testosterone. But if I see somebody's doing everything right and it's not where it needs to be, well, then you look into some form of testosterone optimization therapy. And even there, I mean, Jim, you and I have this discussion, you know, there's injections, there's, there's pellets, there's different forms of testosterone administration, and many in no way mimic the natural diurnal variation of hormones in the human body, you know? So, yeah. so, you know, for example, like a very, very small amount of like a, a scrotal testosterone cream applied morning and evening far better mimics the natural diurnal variation of hormones than say, just like a giant bolus injection once a week into the butt cheek. And then you also have to pay attention, you pay attention to estrogen levels, to sex hormone binding globulin levels, to, to PSA, to a lot of this stuff that tracks along with testosterone as things that you got to keep your eye on. And so, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts, but it's, you know, I, I think of this highlights for people like the complexity of, of being truly optimized, but also the hope that, I mean, once, once you, once you do everything that you're supposed to do, I mean, stuff just freaking works and it's nice to be able to have not just the, not just the lifespan, but also, you know, the health span or, you know, as you guys are just talking about the sex span or, you know, the hanging out with the grandkids span, everything else that you want in life. Yeah. It really just extends it because it, it, it was a rub in our relationship and to think that, wow, a couple of medical tests and, and just tiny adjustments made such a huge difference, just like with his lifting, just like with our energy and being able to allocate ourselves even more so to our family and to each other because we're optimized. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, yeah. and you know, like my, my wife, she, she's a, she does a little progesterone. She does a little bit of DHEA. I do a little bit of testosterone. We take care of our bodies. And I mean, you know, yeah, we'll be making uh, you know, a second cup of coffee at 10 AM in the morning and I'll bump into her and you know, all of a sudden stuff starts to go down and, you know, we're upstairs in the bedroom at 10 30 in the morning trying to, you know, keep, keep quiet so that the, you know, so that the housekeeper doesn't hear us. And, and, you know, and that's, that's the, the type of, of love and sex life. That's amazing. You know, at 40. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. You want each other. And you know, what's great, Ben is, you know, this is something that is extended on. Like I, and we've never talked about this, but I believe for certain things like you introduced me to, it's going to topple other things. And so like the, the, I think surgeons are in trouble mm. when it comes to stem cells. Yes. Uh, I just think orthopedic surgery is obviously something that needs to be done, but I know that years ago, you know, from my lacrosse days, you know, with just knee injuries and, you know, things of just, you know, wear and tear that we talked about, everyone wanted to cut me open. And, and man, I was, I've done the, the two stem cell treatment now on my knees with in phenomenal results. I mean, and it's right there in the MRI. And I, now it's, my mother is 84 years old, really good shape, but she has a tear in her knee and we we have her set for next week on that. Um, you know, I, so we cured my Lyme's disease we cured last Jamie's year Lyme's disease with, Lyme, with stem with, um, cell stem treatments. Yeah, and, he, and even a lot of these treatments, you don't even have to go outside the U S for, I mean, with, with the advent of things that can be co-injected or co-administrated with the stem cells like exosomes or ozone or oh, yeah. placental matrix or platelet-rich plasma. I mean, yeah, you can't expand stem cells to have a really high 
mesenchymal stem cell count in the U.S. That's illegal. But there are so many things you can do, even with even with an American-based practitioner. And yeah, I mean, I've I've had many successful stem cell treatments. I'm regrowing cartilage in my left knee right now and sprinting on the tennis court when I could barely, you know, move six months ago when it came to my left knee. And just it's it's awesome. You know, and that's not a surgery. That's I mean, you could call it a surgery, it's little needles, you know, going to the side of your knee, but you know, they're not cutting anything open. There's, you know, you're not sitting around recovering for six months. And yeah, I think that this idea of minimally invasive uh, regenerative medicine. You know, Tony Robbins talked about this a lot in his recent book, Life Force. You know, it's 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 the cutting edge, and you know, I I, I see a future where we we're literally just you know painting new cartilage, you know, growing new joints, and it's it's a cool time to be alive. Yeah, but Ben, that completely goes against like our good old FDA and <laughs> what they're trying to do. That doesn't really promote health, wouldn't you say? Let me put it this way. I, Despite there probably being a little bit of pharmaceutical lobbying and power grabs at play, I don't think there's anybody at the FDA thinking, gosh, I don't want people to get healthy. The thing oh, is, sure. yeah, the FDA, they, they are extremely cautious, you know, when it comes to everything from, from supplementation to, to stem cells. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're protecting people, but I think sometimes they're stepping over the boundary when it comes to us being able to engage in things that actually do have some pretty good research behind them and that are a lot more healthy and natural than some of the alternatives. And in many cases, offer you something that pharmaceuticals don't offer you, or at least offer you that same thing without the side effects. So yeah, there, there are, there are some corruption issues. I don't think the FDA is evil. I just think that there's a little bit of pharmaceutical lobbying and sometimes they're being a little bit overprotective when it comes to what we can and cannot do and put into our bodies. For sure, sure, for sure. But I got to tell you, the more that I've learned to go alternative, and I think that's in entrepreneurial pursuits and and homeschooling, homeschooling and health is the help healthier I am. I mean, as you know, after my kidney donation, we I mean, we're just realizing that you know, almost ten years later, we're pretty sure some bacteria got caught in my body, and really from this last time, you know, I don't think I've discussed this on the podcast, but I got hit with prostatitis which was really scary. And I texted Ben, Ben said, this is the doctor you need to talk to. He has this book, this book, this book. And as you know, Ben, yeah. I've, I've gone. Yeah. For that one, that, that was, that was a GOS. Yeah. 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 Great guy. And the approach we took and, you know, he's, he's, you know, very well um, researched and documented in his degrees, but he took a whole different approach and I've never been better. And it was like, Hey, this is stuck in you. We just got to get it out. And that was something that was kind of coming in and out for years. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I encourage everyone, don't be crazy without research behind it. But there are alternative cutting edge things, like you said, Ben, that are there for us to get excited about and to actually use. Yeah. And, and I definitely wouldn't want to give anybody the impression that I'm personally, you know, practicing medicine or something like that. As you guys have no. experience, I, I consider myself to be somebody who connects people to the right resources and then gives you the information about what I would do if I were in your shoes. You know, I don't get prescriptive mm -hmm. as much as I do try to, you know, find, find the diamonds in the rough who can help you out when nothing else seems to be working or point you in the direction of which tests to get and what to look for when you get those tests. And, you know, I, I've got about 30 different physicians in my back pocket, you know, in my Rolodex who I just know when somebody comes to me with XYZ issue, you know, whether it's Lyme or mold or mycotoxins or metals or, you know, a, a, a prostatitis issue or anything like that, I know who to connect people to because I'm just, I'm constantly vetting these people, constantly talking to them. And, and it's, it's nice to be able to, to know that, you know, if I don't know the answer, I got somebody on speed dial on my phone who does. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you did because Dr. Gio was obviously the most 
accurate person that I've ever met for what I needed. And it's made, I mean, it's, it's cured me. So that was, that was fantastic. So thanks for that as well. I don't even know if I've given you an update on that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We have a lot to update. We'll be together in a few weeks. Um, I love the that, family book, right? Um, you want, sure. Oh, no, oh. I, I just love that you're a curator of like, this is your super genius and you saw it at a young age and you've just over time curated, you've learned, but you've also curated this great Rolodex of doctors and, and even your supplements, which I, I want to touch on that too, because we take your supplements quite a few of them, the quite a lot of, yeah, quite the a few of them. Flex are- pinnacle for um, yeah. but we do notice the difference so we do keep we keep yours in stock and then we have like a shelf of our backup crap stuff you know and so it's like i keep <laughs> i do keep like a an auto ship of some other things <laughs> oh um, yeah that for you know they overlapped at some point in time and then i was like oh well, we just keep it just in case and so when we run out of yours and have to tap into the overflow it's a, it's a very noticeable and even jim he, uh, he's like Huh, and I don't want to take this crap. And so it's like it's really noticeable. And I wanted to to give you that shout out too. The because- aminos for sure. Well, and, and yeah, oh from- my gosh. Well, the aminos, and I, I don't know if we talked about this, but but uh you know the the jello that I'm because I just made a batch this morning, so it's fresh in my mind. I make jello out of the aminos, and that stuff's just like, oh my gosh, eat, eating healthy joints. All, all I do is just heat up water or coconut water put a whole bunch of gelatin in and stir it in as the water is heating so it doesn't clump. And then I put literally almost a whole canister of aminos in there, stir it all up, stick it in the fridge. And it's like the densest jello ever. One tiny cube has more protein and amino acids than a giant piece of steak. And wow. I just, I'll, I'll eat that whenever I've got appetite craving, or if I don't want to eat dessert or, you know, it's, it's amazing. And it's kind of like aminos on steroids with the gelatin in it. But yeah, I think, you know, at Keon, especially that's probably the, the top thing that flies off the shelves, of the aminos just because it does some up for your, for your gut, for your joints, for performance, for recovery. You know, I don't know if you guys know, we just launched a new mango flavor and a new watermelon oh, flavor. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, my, my partner over there, Angelo, he and I have had many discussions about this. And yeah, we go out of stock of stuff a lot because we're super picky on our ingredients. Mm-hmm. We spend sometimes one and a half to two years developing one single product. And people are like, well, why don't you bring this to market and this to market and this to market? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, we pick every single ingredient super carefully. And then yeah, it's kind of funny because if you visit the offices in Boulder, it's like a jungle gym. There's like inversion tables and kettlebells oh, and fun. red lights and, and like you know, foam rollers and massage guns. <laughs> and, and so we try to make the company culture a place where people are really, really uh, dialed in from a fitness and a nutrition standpoint as well. And that, that just helps to keep the ball rolling when it comes to putting out amazing products. That's awesome. Now we recently contributed towards your latest project, a family book. Can you tell us a little bit yeah, about, talk that? about that? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about that. Like, you know, I spend the wee hours of the morning these days editing every chapter, but basically, you know, I've wanted to write a parenting book for a while and yet, you know, my sons are 14, as we were talking about. And so I've, I I can't necessarily say I'm the world's leading expert on parenting. Who knows? They might wind up in prison when they're 18 and and, uh, and my parenting <laughs> book would go to craft. But, but basically, I thought, well, gosh, you know, kind of like Tim Ferriss in Tribe of Mentors or Tools of Titans interviewed all these other amazing people. What if I just found the most amazing parents who I know with children who are obviously turning out very, very well, or have turned out very, very well, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, people who are thinking of others, people who are living their life's purpose, people who are self-actualized, both the children and the parents, and then feature them in this book. And so I came up, and you guys have seen it, with a set of 
32 different questions, everything from what you put on a billboard to, you know, what kept you awake at night to what'd you do with the second child that you didn't do with the first, what'd you go back and change? And so I've got about 30 couples and parents featured in the book. I tried to mix it up. You know, there's some, you know, divorced moms in there, some single dads, you know, some homeschooling parents, some public schooling parents, some, you know, there's one polyamorous couple, you know, they're just, it's, it's, it's all over the map, but basically I've collected the best of the best of the best. And, uh, it's called boundless parenting. And, you know, Jess and I, of course, contributed chapters. You guys contributed an amazing chapter, but it's so cool to see the different flavors of parenting, but also the, I think the most intriguing part is the common threads, like wow. almost all yeah. the successful parents. They've prioritized family dinners. Almost all of them have carved out specific one-on-one time, not only for the couples, like a quarterly retreat for the couples, but also one-on-one time with the kids on a regularly calendared basis. Uh, A lot of them have some kind of spiritual practice for the kids, like meditation or journaling or or prayer or scripture reading or something of the like. Um, Many of them have uh, like really, really well-built-in traditions. Like here's what we do on Thanksgiving. Here's what we do on Christmas. Here's what we do on Easter. Here's the vacation that we go on each year. Here's what we do when we're on that vacation. It's almost like this deep, deep sense of legacy. And so you see these common threads pop up. And even though every parent has a slightly different style, you know, and, and again, like not all of them homeschool and not all of them private school, not all in public school, but it's, it's amazing just to, just to see what happens when you actually put your heart and soul into a child. And, you know, my, my thought has always been, I wish a parenting manual existed when I'd first had my sons, a parenting manual that goes far beyond just like, whatever, here's how to use disposable versus regular diapers, or here's the good baby foods. And instead delves deep into education and self-actualization and, you know, not just the physical growth, but also the spiritual and the mental growth of a child. And so I, I'm personally very stoked for this book. I write books for myself, right? So I want it to be a big, beautiful coffee table-esque book that you can just, you know, as a new parent or, you know, somebody who's got kids that are teenagers pick up and just like drool over. And so it's, it's one of the most exciting projects I've ever worked on. I'm super stoked about it. That's nice. awesome. Another example of what a great curator you are. You found the parents that you wanted to interview and they they brought some great information. So we were really excited yeah, and honored the questions to be were one of your families. Thought provoking for sure. We we're like, we need to, we need to remember all these because <laughs> you don't realize what you're doing in, until you get asked until a question you. about it. Yeah. 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 And then I'm gonna interview every single parent that I haven't interviewed yet for the podcast over the next year. I'm gonna be you know, the book's going to be accompanied by audio interviews with each of these parents. So I'm, I'm hoping it can help out a lot of people and hopefully help help the world to bring even more amazing, you know, uh, independent, resilient, creative, free-thinking kids into the world. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, if it's anything along the lines of the health success, I know it will. And, and just from our personal conversations around family, uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive on that. Let me ask you our, our finale question, Ben. We started asking right. this a few years ago. We all hear, oh, what would you say to 21-year-old Ben? And that's a good question, but it's out there. 75-year-old Ben, what advice would 75-year-old Ben Greenfield give to people today, do you think? Oh, well, that takes a little bit of a future projection on where I'll be at when I'm 75. But, but I think that just looking at the mentality that I've come to adopt over the past decade or so that you know, you can be the fittest person on the planet, the cleanest diet and the best six pack abs and, you know, have, have, you know, a lot of, a lot of money and a, and a great working brain, you know, all, all the stuff that 
I and many of the people who I've, I've worked with strive for, but you're still not happy. Like you're still not totally fulfilled. All that stuff is kind of empty at the end of the day, right? There's, as you guys know, there's a lot of depressed billionaires. There's a lot of professional athletes who are just super, just, you know, non-self-actualized and desperate for something new. And so I think that really the most important thing, and it's something I wish I'd done far before the age of about 35, which is when I really buckled down and started working on this, was I would say, dude, first thing every single day, you feed your spirit, you feed your soul, you care for the most important part of you that's going to go on and live for eternity, right? And, and that means meditation, that means prayer, that means silence, that means solitude, that means journaling, that means studying scripture and other great, you know, everything from self-improvement books to, to devotionals, to spiritual manuals. It takes sometimes shutting off all of the busyness of the outside world and just going on a quiet nature walk or listening to your favorite song or playing an instrument and just appreciating and ingesting the beauty and particularly the spiritual beauty of life. And man, if you stack that on top of all the stuff we've been talking about, like, you know, healthy kids and a healthy lifestyle and eating the right stuff and taking care of the joints and lifting weights, then all of a sudden all that other stuff becomes even more meaningful and fulfilling because your true ikigai, your true purpose, your true plan de vida is developed from a deep, deep spiritual awakening and a deep, deep longing to serve God, to serve other people and to love the world. And there's no way you can fully do that unless you just wake up every morning, put on your oxygen mask and, and start to work on yourself spiritually. So my 75 year old self would tell me, dude, like this body's going to fade, this brain's going to fade, but that soul is the special spark that if you water it and care for it and put it in the right soil now, it's going to blossom forth into something absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. And I That's, wrote it down. And yeah, that I was jotting notes too. <laughs> that, that puts into words so many things that I've thought or felt care for your soul first, because that's the part of you that goes on and on forever. That's beautiful. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. We're so glad that you're here and been here with us and that you've guided us for the last two years. Can you tell our audience where they can find you best? Oh yeah. It's, it's not that hard. All right, my, my website's bengreenfieldlife.com. <laughs> I got all, you know, all the coaching and stuff we talked about. That's a Ben Greenfield coaching.com and my books are on Amazon, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not too hard. Uh, if you're, I guess if you're a crappy Googler, you're probably going to have an uphill battle, but otherwise I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. You're easy to find. You awesome. are easy to find. So. Well, thank you for everything. It's been an incredible two years. And I actually, to be very honest, I look forward to seeing people we've not seen in a while because I love the compliments that we get. Cause I I've not always felt well <laughs> and I feel really well now and feeling well is the greatest part. Looking well is a really nice side effect. Yeah. It's a two, two double, double plus for sure. So that's so awesome. It. I'm Thank super proud pouring. of you guys. Thanks, yeah, well, thanks for pouring it. into us. And we'll see you in a few weeks, bud. All right. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. All okay. righty. Thanks Ben. Later. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and often outside-the-box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be, and just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot.